1: The Story of the Transatlantic Slave Trade, open now through August 11th. Details at 2MississippiMuseums.com slash spirits.
0: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Thursday, April 4th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, officials are assessing damage as flooding continues to ravage the state's farmlands.
2: They spoke. They're really hurting. They're in a bad spot. And I thought it was really important, for one thing, that we get out and let them know that we're still tracking it. Secondly, I wanted them to know that FEMA was, in fact, on the ground and was here with the governor and united with us working to try to help get these citizens through this.
0: Then, just two more weekends before tax day, we'll get some last-minute tips from the IRS. And sports writer and Mississippian Wright Thompson is in this week's book club, That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The Trump administration is taking a closer look at a Mississippi flood project that the late Senator John McCain once called, quote, one of the worst projects ever conceived by Congress. Environmental Protection Agency Chief Andrew Wheeler now says his agency is taking a new look at building giant pumps in the Mississippi Delta. The Bush administration had killed the project in 2008 over environmental concerns. Governor Phil Bryant yesterday joined federal and state officials for an aerial tour of the affected area.
3: People do not realize, I don't think, the effects of these floods and what's happening in the Mississippi Delta, what's happening in in Warren and Nisquina County. And and quite honestly, we're trying to bring some attention to it. We want people to realize this is a significant flood. Uh, It has not been this bad since 1973 in the Yazoo backwater. So uh, each time I go up there, uh, I get uh, more determined. Uh, to do something about this, and it could have, I think, been alleviated a long time ago with the pumps, and we're going to get that done. I mean, if we don't stop it now, federal government, FEMA is going to have more damage. Agricultural is going to have more damage. The human suffering is going to go on. It's been happening since 1927 when my mother had uh, and her family had to leave the Mississippi Delta. Uh, we can't help mitigate the damages there, and we should be doing it, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that that takes place.
0: Governor Phil Bryant. Greg Michelle is director of the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. He tells MPB's Jasmine Ellis it's important to keep reaching out to Mississippians affected by the flooding.
2: I think it's important that the residents of those flooded areas realize that they've not been forgotten about. You know, they've been, they've been fighting with this for, for months now. And uh, you know it, it, when you get in, when you get engaged in this, um, and I've listened. I've been to the community meetings, and these folks are really they're really hurting. They're in a bad spot. And I thought it was really important that, for one thing, that we get out and let them know that we're still tracking it. Uh, secondly, I wanted uh, them to know that FEMA was in fact on the ground. And was here with the governor and united with us working to try to help help get us get these citizens through this this, which is what is a, a absolute a, a national disaster.
4: Can you talk to me about the pumps you mentioned? There were pumps that were supposed to be installed at some point to help drain the. The waters, if there was, if flooding occurred, can you talk to me about that?
2: Yeah, so so the uh, there are 22, 22 of these pumps already in existence within about a two hundred mile area of the of the uh, Still Bayou structure, which is where the Yazoo pumps would have been installed. The infrastructure for those pumps was put in uh, back in as late as nineteen eighty seven. So the only thing that we need now to have that have that facility uh, operational, that pumping station operational, is the pumps. It's about a two hundred and twenty million dollar uh, investment, uh, but it's a four-year project to get completed so it's it's very important to to those folks that live in the backwater area uh it's important to the farmers it's important to the residents there and when you talk about something that would mitigate flood water by five feet that is significant
4: why weren't these pumps installed sooner
2: well it's a good question um the uh the, the army corps of engineers did a seven-year study back in 2000 uh, presented that to the EPA, and then EPA vetoed it, and then ultimately uh, it went, um, uh, had a federal judge actually back back the veto up. Uh, Thad Cochran um, was later, last year, was able to approve the language and have the money set aside, and then it met resistance when it got to the speaker's desk um, in, in 2018. So. Uh, it is it is unfortunate, but it is something that I believe that the governor has got traction with now. Uh, we've got the right people f- looking at it. I think the uh, well, I not I think I know the congressional delegation from Mississippi is behind this, and we've got a united effort. And I'm very confident that, that we'll get this done. The precedent is there. The p- other pumps already exist. Um, the impact on the environment any, anything you do is going to have an impact on the environment. But what you have to consider is is what is the what is the the, the least of the impact. And when you're talking about the impact to to people's lives, to people's safety, uh, to to farmland. Uh, to timber, to wildlife, uh, and, and and for health issues, this is a significant issue and it needs to be resolved.
4: You mentioned the levees earlier, and that you are going to be paying attention to them. And you mentioned sandbags. Can you talk to me about that process?
2: Well, when I talk about me looking at it, that's of course the Army Corps of Engineers, and then the Mississippi Levee Board uh, actually watches that on a daily basis. We coordinate, we work with them very closely, uh, and they watch it. And the levees are in good shape. Uh, they're always as concerned about you know about levees having a, having a breach or having uh, something happened, but they watch it very closely. There's been a lot of money, a lot of investment put into these levees back after the 2011 flood. So uh, they're in good shape, and they're being watched very closely. Uh, the repairs that are done on the levees, like I said before, for sand boils, those are routine. That's common. Uh, that's just customary for, for levee upkeep.
4: How long do you think this process will endure? I know you said it's going to be a long process, but do you have any kind you know, of idea?
2: It's hard to say. Uh, I do. I think that we are looking at, you know, we're going we're gonna to be looking at least another month uh, maybe maybe two months for this water to get out. It really depends on what the Mississippi River does because the, the level of the Mississippi River, and you know, the, the Corps will tell you their hydrologist at 48 feet is about the, the, the sweet spot for where it needs to be and lower for that steel bayou structure because. I mean, the Mississippi River, if it's up too high, there's not enough volume can go out of the gate. So the water's got to get low. So as long as the Mississippi River will, will stay at the projections that we're looking at right now, around, you know, uh, 45, 46 feet, I think we can get some water out of there.
0: MEMA Executive Director Greg Michelle with our Jasmine Ellis. Coming up, just two more weekends before Tax Day, we'll get some last-minute tips from the IRS. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
4: When you buy a car nowadays, luckily, one of the options isn't optional anymore. Air conditioning. But what if your snowflake button only gives you hot air? Can you fix it yourself? Can you buy anything to fix it yourself? Who can fix your A.C.? Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, has some answers for your questions. Today at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio or on the internet at mpbonline.org. I'm Jeremy Hobson. Florida's Agriculture Commissioner, Nikki Freed, was the only Democrat elected statewide in Florida in 2018. She ran on a pro-medical marijuana platform. And we're also are advocating for not just access, but affordable access, which means getting insurance companies to start covering medical marijuana as part of the co-pays and a part of their annuals.
5: That's next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. There are just two weekends left for Mississippians to complete their tax returns. Filings are due on Monday, April 15th. Clay Sanford of the IRS joins us with some last-minute tips. We asked him how many people are still waiting to file their taxes.
1: Well, it's really hard to tell how many people wait to the last minute. Of course, you know people who are wanting to get a refund as fast as they can usually file earlier. And then and then people who owe may wait literally until the last day. And this year it's um gonna be Monday, April fifteenth.
0: How many people have already filed? Is it ahead of last year, about on the same same par? Uh,
1: I don't have the number of people who have filed in front of me, but I can say that the average refund is uh two thousand nine hundred and fifteen. Uh, right now. And that's about on par with what it was at this time last year.
0: With so many providers, how do people make sure the online service they use is safe and reputable?
1: We don't endorse any particular brand of software. Say, for instance, if you go down to the store and buy one, of course, they all work with us uh, to make sure that they're accurate. And uh, we have several available with the free file program on the website. But, uh, you know, definitely any any of the ones that, that you pick on uh, the free file uh, are going to be great. And, and like I said, you can also go and, and purchase software. Um, and if you go to the website, you will see um, our website may have changed a little bit from last year if you haven't visited it in a while. And uh, you'll see an icon that says file your taxes for free if you go to irs.gov. And then you would click on that to get started.
0: Are there those who qualify to file free online and are those who have mm-hmm. to pay, for instance, if they itemize, do they have to pay to file?
1: It shouldn't be that way with the free file program. But but now anyone uh, now this year at sixty six thousand uh, uh, dollars is the income threshold for free file software. But then we've also got the what we call the fillable forms. So any, any income level can do the fillable, fillable forms part. And the, both of those options are there on the website.
0: There have been some changes in the tax system, As you file for last year, this year, Mm -hmm. what are people finding difficult or challenging?
1: You know, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed in late 2017 is, is actually just now impacting returns uh, that are being filed this tax season. And probably the biggest thing that happened with that is that the new law practically doubled the standard deduction amount. So single taxpayers saw their standard deduction jump from just over $6,000 to 12000 And married couples filing jointly saw them rise from uh, 12700 all the way to $24,000. So what that means is, uh, for example, is that fewer people may need to itemize with the standard deduction having uh, risen so much.
0: Clay, what are the most common mistakes people make when they're filing their taxes?
1: Well, I would say be sure that, say, for instance, if you've got a refund coming back, you want to make sure you've got your your, uh, checking account number correct. Now, even though the electronic software, even though it is very accurate and it has eliminated most of the math errors that people used to make on paper forms, it is possible to input a number twice and, and get it wrong both times if you don't have that checking account or savings account number in front of you. So I want to to stress that people do that. Also, so your Social Security number, now when you use filing software, it's going to ask you to input that twice, but like I said, you don't want to get it twice long. So, so it is still possible to make a mistake. If you file a paper return, uh, probably one of the most common mistakes is forgetting to sign the return. And of course we can't, we can't process a return that's not signed, uh, and then math errors on the paper uh, returns it, but but like I mentioned, electronic filing has really eliminated a lot of the math errors, so that's another good reason to e file
0: are many more people filing online as opposed to sending in a paper return
1: they really are it's uh, the the level now is around ninety ninety five percent of people who use electronic filing and um, especially with all the changes with the tax reform uh, laws that we, we talked about that's that even makes it a better idea to uh or a better reason i should say to use uh software because the software is going the minute you turn it on it's going to go out and look for changes in the tax law any updates and it's going to provide that for you as you go through the program it's going to ask you questions and really it's going to help you maximize whatever refund you may be getting because it is going to ask you those questions about uh, deductions and uh, tax credit that you might be eligible to take that you otherwise might not know.
0: If someone finds that they've made a mistake on their form that they've already filed, what do they do?
1: That's always going to be a paper form. That's, uh, it's going to be a Form 1040X, as in X-ray, and that form is available for download on the IRS.gov website.
0: How long do you have to file that after you realize there's a mistake on your form? I believe it
1: is a three-year limit on that, on the 10, Form 1040X, But, uh, of course, you want to do that as soon as possible. If you need more time to get paperwork together, then that would be an extension. And the form for that is a Form 4868, and that's also available online for download.
0: What else should taxpayers know?
1: Well, taxpayers should know that the deadline is Monday the 15th, which is just a little less than two weeks away. And um, if you do find yourself owing this year, it's always better to go ahead and file a return. Pay what you can up front, and then, of course, you'll get a bill for the rest. Uh, if you need to uh, to do a payment plan, we have those available online at irs.gov. You can just search for payment plan in the search box. The best idea is always to file on time, uh, even if you do, oh, and you can't pay everything. So pay what you can, and then you will at least avoid penalties and interest on that
0: much. People wait forever to get through when they call IRS can they find the answers they need on irs.gov?
1: They can. Our, our website has almost every publication available uh, that we uh, we also have in print form, of course. Uh, the 1-800-TAX-FORM number is still active if you need to order forms or publications on paper. But uh, I, I would like to point out one particular publication, and that's publication 17, and that's one that we update every year, and it is really a good tool for anyone who just has general questions about just about any topic when it comes to filing returns. So if you keep publication 17 in mind, that's going to be probably one of the main ones that people will want to look at for general questions.
0: Clay Sanford is a spokesman for the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS. Clay, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Okay, Karen, we really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Coming up, sports writer and Mississippian Wright Thompson is in this week's book club. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB
4: Think Radio. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Take the greats, Ella, Coltrane, Dinah, Miles, and Monk. Mix in the contemporary giants like Schur, Hour, Crawl, Malone, and Benson. Join me, Meredith Michelle, With WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. When you buy a car nowadays, luckily, one of the options isn't optional anymore. Air conditioning. But what if your snowflake button only gives you hot air? Can you fix it yourself? Can you buy anything to fix it yourself? Who can fix your A.C.? Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, has some answers for your questions. Today at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio or on the Internet at mpbonline.org.
0: This is MPB
5: Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
0: Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. This week's book club author is one of the most successful sports writers in the country. Wright Thompson has the distinction of having his articles read by more people than any other writer in the history of ESPN magazine. Born and raised in the Mississippi Delta, Thompson now lives in Oxford. His new book is The Cost of These Dreams. It's an anthology of sports profiles. Wright tells us about narrowing down thousands of articles to the final 14 in the book.
5: I picked- 30 and turned it over to Scott Moyers, the editor at Penguin Random House, and said, please help me. And so I liked the fact that at some point I was turning this over to someone who might see things that I wouldn't see. In the end, I was too close to the pieces, which made me both love them all and also hate them all, sort of like children.
0: You include Mississippi, the 1962 integration at Ole Miss, with an emphasis on the football team because the football team played a pretty big role. Can you tell us a little about that?
5: That was the only year Ole Miss had ever been undefeated. Ole Miss had had really great football teams before and some good ones after, but that was the year they were undefeated. It's interesting to me growing up, I always thought that Archie Manning and those Ole Miss teams were the height of Ole Miss football. But really, even... In 1967, 68, 69, 70, those successful Ole Miss teams were already colored by nostalgia because they were this last gasp and this muted second attempt for an already faded glory. I found that the success of the football team and the de-evolution of the campus at the same time, it was the fault line between two eras, between two cultures. You had one civilization at Apogee and another one just beginning. And I found that really, really interesting. An old Mississippi was dying and a new Mississippi was being born. And these things were happening side by side on a daily basis, sometimes at the very same moments and sometimes so wound together as to be the same thing.
0: What's your favorite sport?
5: College football, probably.
0: Is that your favorite sport to write about?
5: You know, I, I like to watch it. I like Ole Miss games probably more than I like football itself. I like the experience. Uh, my favorite sport to write about is really determined by the athletes and the people and the place. So I'm much more interested in I'm interested in why people play games, and I'm also interested in why people love them. Because I think sports are often a really simple appearing and yet very sophisticated instrument for passing along intergenerational codes and multi-generational codes and stories about family and place and who we are. I like to know why people cheer at these games. That's very interesting to me.
0: What player have you written about the most?
5: It's odd because I usually write about somebody once and then move on. I feel like I go so deep into people's lives. There's an unspoken promise that I'm only going to do this to you once. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like... You know, I try not to – I don't want to be buddies with people after, and I don't go back to the well. And I only really keep in touch with one person I've ever written about because we just got to be really close, and that's Pat Riley, and that story is in this book. But most of the time I feel like implicit in the promise of them letting me into their lives to such a degree is that when our time here is done, I leave their lives.
0: Do those people that you write about, do many of them contact you afterwards? to say thanks, or you got it totally wrong, or why didn't you include this? Why did you include this?
5: I usually hear from other people who talk to them, and usually they are shocked at how intimate it was. I mean, Michael Jordan asked his people, how did he find all this stuff out? And they were like, uh, Michael, you told it. <laughs> uh, I mean, Urban Meyer found his betrayal dead accurate and very uncomfortable. I mean, I think a lot of people really want to be seen, but don't always understand what that looks like. I've never had one of these people, you know, I've never gotten sued or had people go on the offensive saying this isn't true, which feels good.
0: You saved a very personal chapter for the last chapter, Holy Ground. That's about your dad?
5: Yes, ma'am. He, uh, you know, he's uh, from Bentonia, Mississippi, which a lot of our listeners will know where that is. It's, outside of Yazoo city. And he grew up outside of Bentonia. I mean, I think they thought the kids from Bentonia were city boys, you know, population 12 or whatever it was. And it's a story about his life and the actual arc is him wanting to go to Augusta national and dying before he made it. I think the larger arc is a boy from Bentonia imagines a life and chases it down. And gets some things and doesn't get other things and the next generation is left to sort out that journey and to figure out like what is the responsibility of a son like how much how many of the dreams of your father is it incumbent upon you to try to make come true what levers do ghosts pull how much gravitational pull do they have and uh i think it's a journey about generations making sense of each other
0: Right. Thompson is the most read writer in the history of ESPN and the author of The Cost of These Dream Sports Stories, and Other Serious Business. Right. Thanks so much for being with us.
5: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Creature Comforts. Then at 10, it's AutoCorrect. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. You can also download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores, or you can subscribe to Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
1: Report for MPB comes from the Mississippi Department of Archives and History for the special exhibit "Spirits of the Passage: The Story of the Transatlantic Slave Trade." Open now through August eleventh. Details at two Mississippi slash spirits.
5: Palette to Palette is back with
1: Chef Robert Saint John and Artist Wyatt Waters.
5: This week on Palette to Palette, we're back in Mississippi and we go to the Mississippi Museum of Art to see a show and to Cathead Distillery. And we go to Indianola to visit the BB King Museum. That's right. And then we go stay at the Louvain Hotel where we eat dinner. At Let's Go. That's across. right. And who plays? Eden Brent. Yep. It was a good day. That's palette to palette.
4: Thursday at 7.30 on MPB television. When you buy a car nowadays, luckily, one of the options isn't optional anymore air conditioning. But what if your snowflake button only gives you hot air? Can you fix it yourself? Can you buy anything to fix it yourself? Who can fix your A.C.? Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, has some answers for your questions. Today at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio or on the internet at mpbonline.org.